tell already this is our halloween episode this is an adaptation from the radio show stage 49's adaptation of dracula by bram stoker originally aired in 1949 okay gotta go i'm playing the part of jonathan harker well sort of this is the blog of madison standish sorry i don't do journals i refuse to kill trees and why would i write if i could type Anyway, if you're reading this, I'm probably dead. When you're done crying over me, and I know it'll take some time, so don't rush, use this blog as a warning to others. Transylvania, May 5th, 1897. I have been traveling in this freaking smelly carriage so long, I could have watched the Snyder Cut like 20 times. And the area is so backwoods, I half expect to see a Waffle House. I could go for hash browns. More quickly, driver. More quickly, the sun sinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bumpy. What year do they invent shock absorbers? Tradition would have it. These roads should never be repaired, lest the Turk consider it a warlike action. I think that's the same reason L.A. won't fix their potholes. This wild country, the ancient battleground of Bulgard and Turk, is not only a melting pot of races. Hey, America is a melting pot. Maybe we didn't melt evenly like Velveeta. More like when you melt cheddar cheese and the oil oozes out and there are big chunks that you have to break up with a fork. I mean to say, Transylvania is a melting pot of all the world's superstitions. Oh, I'm woke to all superstitions. I read my horoscope, I use crystals, I go to church, I do juice cleanses. What brings you to our far corner of the world? I'm on vacay. I'm heading up to a really cool Airbnb I found that was advertised mega cheap. May I ask, who is the proprietor? Count Chocula. Uh, Dracula. I must be hungry. Driver! More quickly! Am I to fly then? Dang it, woman! I'm getting motion sick here. You want to wear my lunch? Fraulein American. Uh, Call me Madison. Fraulein Madison. Okay. Is it not the eve of St. George's Day? I know it's May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Do you not know at midnight all evil in the world holds sway? Well, I do plan to get wasted on margaritas, if that's what you mean. 
Do you know where you go, Fraulein Madison? Are you trying to tell me Transylvania doesn't have any Mexican restaurants? Perhaps our fellow passenger fears the dark. Or perhaps the devil is after us. Am I cray? Or is she kind of scared of me? I had a co-worker who was scared of me. Well, she was scared I'd steal her boyfriend. Which I did. So I guess her fear was warranted. There's your road, Borgopez. Fraulein Madison, if you do this, uh, take this crucifix. Oh, thank you. I used to have one just like this when I was in my Madonna-like-a-prayer phase. Where and God go with you? Here, you can have my choker. We all thought the 90s were coming back, but I think once was enough. Well, the coach drove off, and I made my way up the long path to Count Dracula's castle. Ugh, my kingdom for an Uber. It was dark by the time I finally got there, and Dracula was outside waiting for me. He looks shorter than you'd expect. Welcome to my house, Miss Standish. Enter freely, and of your own will. Cool, thanks. Quite a front door you got there. It once frustrated a Turkish army. I could have used a door like that for my last apartment. Jealous ex-boyfriend kicked it right off the hinges. Landlord was so pissed when it happened that he left and forgot his pants. Come. It is late and my servants are not available. Let me see to your comfort myself. So Drac and I ended up walking all over his castle. You'd think a place like that would have a secret passage or two, but nope. It was an endless maze. I felt like I was in line for the haunted mansion at Disney. Here. You may relax in my dining room and I shall retrieve for you a meal. You will, I trust, excuse me that I do not join you at supper, but I have already dined. You know, after that bumpy carriage ride, I don't think I can eat anything. Unless maybe you got some saltines? I would have to check. Eh, no biggie. Please, sit a while. I wish for you to tell me more about Los Angeles and the castle you have procured for me. Castle? In L.A.? When we last spoke, you had described a castle that was on a hillside overlooking the city. Do you mean Chateau Marmont? It's kind of like a castle. I think if Dracula needed a place to stay in L.A., that'd be it. Good. You shall make the arrangements. Yeah, but technically right now, isn't it 1897? Chateau Marmont won't be built until, like, the 20s. But, but, this show was performed in the late 1940s. I'll just take you with me to my past, but your future. Boom. I belong to the past. A past of brave races who fought as a lion fight for lordship. The Huns whose fury swept the earth till the dying peoples thought the werewolves themselves had come. That in their veins ran the blood of old witches who expelled from Scythia mated with the devils in the desert. What devil, what witch, was ever so great as Attila, whose blood is in these veins? Jeez, just mention L.A. and everybody starts giving you their movie pitch. I myself am from an old family. You know what, Drac? Love to hear more about this, but I am zonked. How about we call it a night? Of course. I shall show you to your room. More walking? Let me pull up ways. I might be able to find a faster route. What's the address to my bedroom? Blog post, May 12th. Really digging Dracula's OG goth style. 
bright red lips that emphasize his sharp pointy teeth, really pale skin, and these super long ass fingernails. Actually, those could use a little filing. I think coffin shape would totes perfect the look. For a count, he seems pretty chill. He's gone most of the day, but then we sit up all night and talk about him moving to LA. He seems really excited about all the nightclubs I recommend. But tonight was the first night he hasn't been around. Since I had the place to myself, I decided to throw in my earbuds and have a little solo dance party in my room. Now Madison was working super hard on a makeup tutorial <laughs> show. She Good was evening. teaching smoky eyes to folks out there who Good really evening. wanted to know. Win some freaky dicky science stuff. Good evening. Oh, sorry. Didn't see you. Shall I come more closely? Now do you see me? Well, hello. I love what you're rocking here. A very steampunk meets Edward Scissorhands thing. I apologize if I frightened you. You didn't frighten me. But don't be offended. I go to a ton of haunted houses at Halloween. You really need to up your game to frighten me. Miss Standish. Our most desirable guest. Oh, are you one of the servants Dracula keeps talking about? Great. I could majorly go for some fresh towels. It, it is very lonely here. Why? Are you the only servant? You are so young and beautiful. Campaigning for a big tip, I see. Can you not move? Are you immobile, trapped in a dream, perhaps? Okay, now you're just flattering yourself. One dreams of love and longs for love. Dude, are you coming on to me? Shall I come nearer? Eh, I've had worse pickups. The love of which you dream. Does he have hair like mine? Eyes as these? Such lips that you cannot resist? Sure. Would you like me to kiss you? Well, I have been stuck in this stupid castle with a guy older than my dead great-grandfather, so... Okay. Then I will kiss you. Let me show you love you have never dreamed. First, my lips to your throat. <laughs> Stop it! My neck is ticklish. How dare you touch her? How dare you when I had forbidden it? Please, be merciful. I shall remove myself at once. I apologize for the intrusion into your bedchambers. It's probably for the best. I promised myself I'd cut down on rando hookups. Hey, is it the torch lighting or do you look younger? What's that? None of your concern. <gasps> I know what it is. Uh, you used the anti-aging beauty regimen I suggested, didn't you? Yes, yes, your, your lavender night cream was exceptionally helpful. Right? Isn't that stuff like velvet magic? Um... Oh, you have something in the corner of your mouth. It's, um, dark red and ugh, dripping down your chin. Use the mirror in my compact. I got it here in my purse. Uh, I shall take care of this in my own chambers. Here you go. Wait, do you not have a reflection? This mirror is a wretched thing that does mischief. Foul vanity. Away with it! Dude, the hell? You threw my compact into the moat. My sister once threw my favorite pair of earrings into our pool, and I made her clean the filter with a flea comb until she found them. 
Um, my apologies. I, I shall replace it. Now, let me leave you to rest. Oh, man, that guy must have had some sharp teeth. Is my neck bleeding? Blood. I've had hickeys before, but they don't usually break skin. Blood uh, on your neck. I've got a Kleenex in my purse. Blood. It's got to be at the bottom. Uh, here, can you hold this? Ah! You okay there? What is that? Oh, that's the crucifix the crazy old lady in the carriage gave me. Hand it to me. I'll, I'll put it back in my purse. Uh, uh, your neck appears to still be bleeding. It is? Damn it. Where's that Kleenex? Is that a baby crying? Our business shall soon be completed, Miss Standish. Then we go to Los Angeles. For now, good night. Whoa. Well, I know how I'm going to rate this Airbnb. Overall experience. Clean room. Easy check-in. Host is a bloodthirsty vampire. June 23rd. It's been a while. Let me fill you in. I managed to get Dracula to 1949 Los Angeles back on May 14th. Don't ask me how, I'll just refer you to our theme song. I checked us both into the Chateau Marmont, the legendary hotel of the Hollywood elite, filled with rising and falling stars, and eventually where John Belushi will OD on speedballs. Good times. I hadn't seen Dracula, or even thought about him really, since we first got here. He didn't come up again until I stopped in a hospital a few doors down from the hotel. This, then, is your little patient, Doctor. Yes, but asleep. Quite a simple case, truly. Hardly justifies a journey all the way from Amsterdam by such a noted philosopher and scientist. This color, it's good. I've read of this and of the other children in your papers. When found, he was so white, so bloodless. Quite so. Hey, uh, excuse me? I think I might be in the wrong place. I'm looking for the plastic surgery ward? Does this appear to be the plastic surgery ward to you? Not when I look at the size of your nose. We can't help you. Please leave. Dr. Vincent, please remove the bandage from the boy's throat. There, you see? The two tiny wounds, a simple case. Oh, hey, I've got two wounds just like that. Look. Indeed. She has. That's why I'm here. I can't get rid of these scars. I tried vitamin E, honey, Olive oil, apple cider vinegar, coconut oil, lemon. I still have the scars, and now I smell like salad dressing. The wounds on the boy. Dr. Vincent, how do you account for them? Scratches. Simple as that. And yours? I'm sorry we've not yet been introduced. Madison Standish. I'm Dr. Van Helsing. Uh, Miss Standish, how did you receive your scars? Hot vampire. Uh, What is this you say? Oh, tut, sir. Next you will be giving credence to all the newspaper stories touting the beautiful lady who lures away the little ones in the night. Journalistic Tommy Rot. Miss Standish, if I may impose upon a bit more of your time, would you accompany me to meet a friend of mine, another doctor? Are you single? Um, well, I, I am, as it were, unmarried. Hot single doctor with a sexy accent. I'm all yours. Dr. J. Hamilton, Dr. J. Hamilton. There is so much for which we cannot account. In late May, I had to come to Los Angeles to fight such an illness as this boy presents. It afflicted the dearly beloved fiancé of a friend of mine. He is the doctor we venture to meet. A Dr. Seward. Ah, here we are. Dude, this is a mental ward. Precisely. Dr. Seward is a student of mental disorders. Okay, I'm not going in there. Being committed once was enough. I only mean for us to speak with him. I've heard of many children with a scar such as yours, but 
You are the first adult since Lucy. Abraham. Good to see you, John. Miss Standish, I would like you to meet Dr. John Seward. Miss Standish. Sup? Abraham, I was not aware you were in Los Angeles again, and so soon. You left shortly after, well, the funeral. That is the very reason I brought Miss Standish to see you. Look at her neck. Oh, God, you're not going to bring in a bunch of med students now, are you? I swear, every time I get a pap smear, it's in front of the entire freshman class. Ah, I see what you mean. The scar is exactly the same as Lucy's. So what happened to Lucy? With our knowledge, our science, we were babies. She died. Her blood, it was as rich as her youth, yet she died somehow of losing her blood. That almost happened to a friend of mine. We were at this frat party, and she'd been hitting the beer bong pretty hard. She had to pee, so she asked me to help her to the bathroom. I get her in there, shut the door, and suddenly I hear a crash. She'd passed out and hit her head on the sink and the toilet. I opened the door, and it looked like the elevator scene from The Shining. Well, that was the most bizarre symptom of Lucy's ailment. Night after night, a loss of blood. But where, then, was the blood? Nowhere. Do you remember the night it happened? It was the night old Renfield turned so violent. Oh, yes. How is Renfield? Uh, Still quiet, though his request for pets continues to escalate. No sooner did we give him sugar for flies than he told us they flew away, and next he requested spiders. When they ran off, it were sparrows. Lately, the sparrows too flew away, and now he requests a kitten. But I am loath to grant it. Pets are very helpful for mental health. When my cat got depressed, we got him an emotional support dog. It cheered him up so much to scratch the hell out of that poor dog. (sighs) Miss you, Mr. Peanut. Why have you returned to Los Angeles, Van Helsing? Certainly you have read the reports about the boy under Dr. Vincent's care. The tiny wounds on his throat. Haven't we maddened ourselves enough trying to solve that fantastic riddle? And Madison here. Tell him how you came to have such scars. Hot vampire. They are unrelated. Lucy died of nervous prostration following great loss of blood. Indeed. That is what we believed at the time. But now? Well, now I intend to give you proof otherwise. Tonight, you must come with me to Lucy's tomb. Lucy's tomb? Are you mad? Are you allowed to say that in a mental ward? John, I throw my reputation, my reason, upon your mercy. Let me give to you proof. Dr. Seward, Mr. Renfield's turned violent again. Heavens! May I be of assistance? We may need all the manpower we can muster. Violent mental patient on the loose? Gotta go. Thieves! Rubbish! Swales, lock the door to the hall. Right away, sir. Wait! Let me out of here first! It's locked. Damn it! They shan't rob me! No one's gonna rob you. What manner of disorder is it? They this shan't this rob poor me. man. I call him a zoophagus, an eater of life. They shan't murder me! Many flies to a spider, many they spiders to a sparrow. His pets. They shan't murder me! He eats them. He eats them all. Ew. I think I'm gonna go back to vegan. Oh! He's coming at us. Help me restrain oh! him, Van Helsing. I fight for my lord and master! There's nothing to be done with him! Swales! Put the straitjacket on him! My lord! My master! He keeps pulling to the window. What is out there? What does he see? That's where I'm staying! The Chateau Marmont! I got the straitjacket on him! He can't fight no more! My lord! Will you desert me? No hope! No hope! Why is Renfield suddenly so quiet? What's he staring at out that window? 
Nothing that I can see. Nothing but that bat flying away. Swales, get him into his cell. Yes, sir. And now the sun sets. You will come with me to the tomb, John? No. Can't we forget it? I'll go. Very well. Miss Standish will accompany me, and we shall provide you with proof. I love cemeteries. I always go to the summer movie nights at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Something about making out on top of a dead person's grave. So sexy. So Van Hansom and I headed over to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It was wild to see it in 1949 with so many fewer headstones than what I'm used to. I couldn't help thinking, wow, a ton more people are going to kick it before I'm here to watch Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Well, there's her tomb. I predict the door will open with ease. Does this make us grave robbers or something? I don't believe this grave can be robbed. I mean, I'm cool with that. Just wondering if it's something I could put on my resume under skills. Come inside. Dude, is that her coffin? It must be opened to get the proof I need. Ooh, I love the feeling of being excited scared. It's right up there with horny drunk. I just need to pry the lid. (sighs) Amazing. What's inside? Uncover your eyes and find out. It's empty. Where is she? Trust me, I'll show you. Okay, but right now your ratings are tanking, Geraldo. (sighs) It's near dawn. We cannot have much longer now to wait. Madison? Madison! Madison! So what if your girlfriend's home? Just tell her I'm your sister. Madison, will you please awaken? Huh? Huh? Oh, did I fall asleep again? Yes. And we need not worry of the undead rising, as your snoring could strike fear into a banshee. Well, you didn't tell me our little outing to the cemetery was going to be an all-nighter. I would have brought my Adderall. Waiting here is the only way I may prove my suspicions about Lucy are correct. When science failed me, my last treatment was to fill her room with garlic flowers. When I was into Feng Shui, I got a money tree, but it didn't work. I think what I really needed was a get-out-of-credit-card-debt tree. Alas, her mother came and removed the flowers, found them distasteful. If I had health care, I'd be open to all kinds of medical treatments. But for now, I gotta settle for the home remedies section on WebMD. Look. A woman in a really ugly nightgown. Come with me. We must go outside. There, walking through the graveyard. It is Lucy. You see? Ooh, I'm getting that excited, scared feeling again. With a little of that horny, drunk feeling, too. This might be the beginning of a fetish. Notice the blood-red lips, the teeth. Somehow they always protrude, the eye teeth. And her eyes, red. Now I know why I'm getting turned on. She reminds me of that hot vampire in Transylvania. Dracula was a major cockblock. Do you see? She's carrying with her a sleeping child. Why is she carrying a sleeping child? Carefully observe her lips to the child's neck. She drinks from his throat. This is the proof I need. Dr. Van Helsing. Aw, man. I think she heard you. Lucy, you must return to your tomb. Come, and we can be. 
together. Release the child, Lucy. As you wish. Girl, don't just throw your uneaten food on the ground. My arms are hungry for you. And you shall have them once you return to your tomb. Dude, isn't she like your best friend's fiance? What about the bro code? I cannot bear the solitude. Slowly, Lucy. <laughs> what did you just do? Ah, this you do not like. The crucifix. You into Madonna too? She goes into her grave. There is much here that I, as a man of science, never before could have believed. Yet, here, we see tonight that this, the crucifix, has been our salvation. This salvation has been brought to you by the letter T. Okay, so after my night with the Crypt Keeper, Dr. Van Hottie insisted we rush back to the hospital and bring John to the cemetery. But you know how you spent your whole childhood being told that dinosaurs look like giant lizards? And you watched all of the Jurassic Park movies, which made them seem so real, that when scientists were like, hey, we think they were actually brightly colored and with feathers, you're like, no, my entire childhood was a lie. That was kind of John's reaction. All right, Van Helsing, you've brought me here. Now what? To me, too, it is so difficult to believe what we have seen. But there are the living dead. Vampires. I know breakups are hard, but your ex is a child-eating vampire now, and you're just going to have to accept that. I do not believe in your superstition. You would if you'd been a depressed teenager obsessed with fringe culture who shopped at Hot Topic. You must listen to me, John. There is among us a vampire who works this evil. He does not sting and die, this vampire. He becomes more strong. He is of cunning more than mortal. For his cunning is the growth of ages through which he does not die. His love is the living, and his food is their blood. When his prey die, they too become the living dead, the vampire. You now speak of Lucy. We must save her soul. How? I'll show you. Ooh. Are you all right, Miss Standish? Excited, scared, horny. Don't mind me. Come, John, and face your Lucy. Must we disturb the others who sleep here in this tomb? We have to do that which must be done. Madison, set up the lantern there on that other coffin so we may see to work. Ooh. Now, John, open the coffin. Open the coffin? We must bring her peace. Oh, the strange, terrifying beauty. Is this really Lucy? Are those the lips I kissed? Madison, try to control your urges. The horny wants what the horny wants. John, are you still willing? Yes. No one else has the right or the duty. I am ready. Madison, remove the tools from the bag. Okay, you got your standard crucifix, garlic flowers, and... Aha! Here we go. One mallet and pointed wooden stake. Yes. Right. The stake. Where? Right through the heart. The heart? Yep. Just pound that sucker right on in there. I loved her so very much. Remember those children. If she lives on undead, by her power over them, they come to her. They become as her. But if she die in truth, then all cease. The tiny wounds from the throat disappear. Is that how I get rid of these scars? Damn it. That means I have to go back to 1800s Transylvania and kill that hot vampire. <sighs> I feel like I'm burning through frequent flyer miles in these old-timey shows. It must be now. Let it be done. 
Oh, dear God, I cannot. All right, I got this. <laughs> Ugh, was not expecting her to wake up. My Lucy! Do it! Will you leave her in torment? <laughs> it's harder to get through the ribcage than it looks. Oh, I cannot bear it. Come on, baby, get in there. Eternal rescue for her, oh Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon her. Don't shut that down. I can't concentrate. Almost... I did not realize staking a vampire would be so bloody. TV and movies have totally misled me. Ah, I could go for a shower. Anyone else? Shower? Blog entry. June the... Oh, I don't know. I haven't gone to sleep yet, so this is basically just one long date. I convinced Dr. Seward and Van Hunky to come with me back to my room at the Chateau Marmont so I could, you know, shower and change. John wasn't doing so good, but for someone who just saw his undead fiancé stake through the heart, he was hanging in there. John, possibly you should take another sedative. No. Please, continue what you were saying. There is so little we know. I have learnt the first time when he enters a house, he must receive an invitation. But he is cunning. We must trace... Each detail in the case of poor Lucy. We... What do you watch out the window so intently? Hmm? Nothing. Go on. Each moment of her life, from the moment of the first sign, the, the paleness, the dreams, the throat wounds. This you must trace and study for some... some clue. What do you do with that pistol? This! What the hell was that? John, have you taken leave of your senses? I saw in the window, with his black ugly wings spread out, there was a bat. Shoot out my window? Well, that's gonna rake up my hotel bill. I had to. I had to stop the bat. There is no bat here, shot at or otherwise. Now listen, Madison. You're going to tell me everything you know about this, this Count Dracula. We're going to war. War? Yes. War on Dracula. Mind if I get out of this towel first? Master! Master! I wait you, Lord and Master. I am here to serve you, Lord, Master. Remember me. What's this all about, Mr. Renfield? Why not play with your sparrows and give us a rest, huh? I've eaten them. Shame on you, Mr. Renfield. All those nice little sparrows. I must talk to Dr. Seward. I am in full possession of my faculties. I must beg of him to release me. Full possession, eh? You just ate your sparrows. I demand to speak to Dr. Seward immediately. Dr. Seward isn't coming in today. You'll just have to wait. No, sir. Now, this request is not the first consequence to myself, but of the health, the welfare, the very lives of others. Uh Uh-huh. Don't make me get the straitjacket again. I believe we are ready to act, but we are dealing with one who has survived many centuries and, we must assume, many attacks. We must not fail. We won't. Now, we know that in life I'm he... cold. Which one of you cranked up the AC? Such fragility, women. Cold at the most pleasant of indoor temperatures, which men enjoy with idle comfort. Makes sense. Men are all muscle and no brains, so you're at home in a meat locker. Perhaps you're not well, Madison. This has been a strain for such a gentle one. Gentle one? I'm sorry, which one of us just staked a vampire? To continue... We know that in life Count Dracula was a brilliant man, a descendant of Attila the Hun. 
We know too from our studies he must be the Count Dracula who abandoned his army to the Turkish slaughter and did homeward flee to raise a new force and try again. And we know that he is right here in this very hotel. That is our next move. We shall surprise him as he sleeps. Which room does he occupy, Madison? Bungalow 3. You know, after helping Drac move out here, you'd think he'd maybe spring for me to have a bungalow too. But no, I gotta pay for my own room, and it doesn't even have a coffee maker. Hello? I gotta speak to Dr. Seward. It's for you, tough guy. Yes? Uh, Dr. Seward, it's Mr. Renfield. Someone tried to murder him. Someone tried to murder Renfield? We'll be right over. It is beyond belief. Who would want to murder such a harmless old man? Harmless? The guy bites the heads off birds. Wait, remember last we saw him? Lord and Master was his cry. At the bat. The bat outside the hospital window! We must go to the hospital at once. Renfield must know something about all of this. Oh, uh, pardon me. I appear to have caught you on your way out. Move aside. We have urgent business. I am the hotel manager, and I cannot permit you to remain in this room with a shattered window. Thanks a lot, guys. John, we must stay and assist Madison in relocating to another room. Oh. I'm afraid we have no other vacancies. The hotel is at full capacity. We cannot let this waylay us any longer. Look, you two go. I'll figure something out. Once we settle this with Renfield, we will return. I'm really sorry about the mess. You should have seen the place when Jimmy Stewart stayed here. Let's just say, when I watched It's a Wonderful Life, I cheered for Potter. This is how I found him, Doctor, just a few minutes ago when I was coming around to turn out the lights. The window bars were torn open, the door flung into the corridor, the poor old loony... Jacket! Take off the straight jacket! Uh, there is no straight jacket, Mr. Renfield. Uh, uh, poor devil. Smashed about like that. We must arouse him. He must talk. My lord! But before all this happened, he kept going on about needing to be released. Lives depend on it, he said. Mr. Renfield, tell us. Oh, the bat came. He stood at my window. He laughed with his red mouth. The white teeth glinted in the moonlight. I was angry. Before, he'd made promises. All these lives and more will I give you through countless ages if you fall down and worship me. I invite him in. Come in, Lord and Master. Enter. He is in my room. Then I know I am nothing to him. My loyalty of no value. He comes to finish me. It is next to be the young lady of charm, he tells me. She has been of more service, and she will be his servant, not I. Lord and Master, I gave you everything. Renfield. <sighs> he is dead. Poor old Looney. What did he say? It is next to be the young lady of charm. She has been of more service and will be his servant. Been of more service? Madison! Madison? Young lady of charm? Perhaps to someone who has been undead for centuries. I 
really appreciate you letting me crash in your bungalow. The whole place is full up. Your skin is the snow. Your throat as soft as the quivering rabbit. It's like ice in here. What's with you guys and the cold? Shall we warm your dreams, beautiful one? I will kiss your neck and then you will kiss mine. Your blood will be my blood. My blood will be your blood. You will know in your blood that I will come again. And you will seek me forever. Hey, don't read into this, dude. I just need a place to stay for the night. Dracula! Holy crap, you freaking gun nut! You are not a good guy with a gun. You are a douche nozzle with a gun. Van Helsing, I shoot him, but he doesn't die. Maybe you're not a good shot, idiot. I have the weapon he fears, the crucifix. He's afraid of Madonna? You, who live in eternal death, you fear this cross, the sign of eternal life. You think to baffle me? My revenge has just begun. I spread it over centuries. End him, Van Helsing, end him! Do it for the memory of my Lucy! I must remind you that this is not vengeance. Our actions are to rest a human soul. Oh God, here comes the self-righteous crap. Just kill him! How his eyes burn with such ferocious rage. Don't look at him, just do it! Your fear overwhelms you. You cannot move. You shall be my creatures to do my bidding. My jackals when I want to feed. Fools! Better men than you have tried to stop me. But no man alive will ever... No man, maybe, but I'm a woman. Madison, you did it. You ended the reign of terror from this vicious beast. This is actually getting kind of easy for me. Watch out, Buffy. (laughs) My... Bungalow! Oh, crap. Look at all this blood! Damn it, do you have Jimmy Stewart in there? I'm gonna go, and, um, you two are gonna take care of everything with the hotel manager. Bye! I cannot believe this! Two rooms in one day? Someone is going to pay for this, or I will see you behind bars! What just no happened here? destroying my hotel. I do not know. One moment we're chasing the most evil creature to ever walk the earth, and now we have this little man yelling at us. It feels to me that Madison is to blame. Indeed, John. Evil comes in many forms. Stage 49 was part of the Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcast Corporation in Toronto. Their adaptation of Dracula by Bram Stoker aired in 1949 with Lauren Green in the title role. With a script of Stage 49's adaptation readily available today online, where we got it too, by the way, theater groups all over enjoy bringing the script to life live on stage as a Halloween treat. We hope you've enjoyed our take on the Dracula legend, and happy Halloween from everyone here at Madison on the Air. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Jeremy Sage appeared as Dracula with Kareem Cronfley in the role of Van Helsing. Other actors in the cast were David Pinion as Dr. John Seward, Henry Graham Murray as Renfield, Steve Jun as the orderly Swales, Albert Garnica as the hotel manager, Laura Christine Elliott as Lucy, Jackie Waldman as the old Robani woman, and Aaron Stahl as the carriage passenger. 
During the next half hour, we have only one intention, to frighten you out of your wits. For this story is probably the most startling tale of horror ever dreamed on this planet. And strangely enough, it was written by a woman, the wife of one of the greatest poets of our language. All right, 1947. Frankenstein was published in 1818. I think we can move past the utter shock that it was <gasps> written by a woman. But I'm glad you reduced her identity to being the wife of one of the greatest poets. Exactly how many of his poems have been made into movies? Hmm? Tonight, you're coming face to face with Frankenstein's monster. If you enjoy feeling your blood pressure rise, your pulse quicken, you'll suddenly enjoy Mary Shelley's ghastly adventure of Dr. Frankenstein. Are all of you ready to have your spines chilled? Then here's the first act of Frankenstein. I hope he didn't oversell it. He made it out to seem way scarier than it actually is. I know, because I was there. Dude, are you... Ugh, I'm gonna get this wrong. Clairval? Clairval, yes. I'm French. That's a British accent, though. Everyone in this story is going to be vaguely European, but speaking in British accents so your American audience can understand what we're saying. I appreciate you dumbing it down for us Americans. And no one seems to care. My first name is Henry. I'm only ever referred to as Clairval in this version. Can I call you Val? No. I heard yes. Come on in, Val. Follow me. You can wait in the library. It's got books from floor to ceiling. But none of them lead to a secret passage. Trust me, I tried them all. I'll never get that month back again. Where is Victor? He summoned me here, insisting this was a matter of life or death. Well, you know how melodramatic he can get. He's like a preteen girl whose favorite boy band just broke up. What does he have to complain about? He's got a first and last name. You guys went to college together, right? Yes, at Ingolstadt. We were roommates. Oh my god, roommates. You know that one roommate who takes your stuff without asking, leaves the place a mess all the time, never changes the empty roll of toilet paper? I suppose. That was me. Here, have a seat. I should not have come here. Aw, be nice. Victor's been asking for you for weeks. Madison? Madison? Is he here? Yeah, Victor! Okay, here he comes. Big smiles and no sudden moves. What? Clavon, my old friend! I didn't think you'd come! You've met Madison? Not formally. This is Madison Standish. She takes care of me. She's from the future. Pardon me? What year was that exactly, Madison? Mm, roughly 2020s. Indeed. Tell him how you got here. Freaky deaky science stuff. Freaky deaky science stuff! Oh, I see. Isn't science marvelous, Clerval? You have changed, Victor. Victor! What a mockery my own name is. Victor Frankenstein. I should change it, my friend, to... <laughs> Vanquished. Vanquished Frankenstein. A good name for me, eh, Clerval? Henry is a good name for me. Victor, you want me to get you guys some snacks? Chips and dip, pizza rolls, hot pockets. Oh, Madison, it was not like this when we were at the university. Remember, Clerval? 
Yes, I remember, Victor. Clavon and I used to play backgammon together. I used to win. I wonder if I could still beat you at backgammon, Clavon. <laughs> I've beaten Madison every game. That's because I thought we were playing checkers. Get the board, will you, Madison? This is insanity, Victor. This is what you called me here for? This is urgent business? A game of backgammon? Don't leave me, Clever. I'm afraid to be alone. You have Madison for company, don't you? She steals from me. It's true. I do. One game of backgammon for old times' sake? The old times have run out, Frankenstein. One game, I beseech you! Come on, Val. If you don't play with him, he's gonna make me read him Percy Shelley's poetry all night. And the poetry of the Romantic movement, while serving to stimulate a serious contemplative reflection over the interaction of humans with their environment, is boring AF. There's a reason I always fell asleep in lit class. <sighs> Get the board. Like old times, eh? When we were young! When we could laugh. Here's the board. Where are the dice? I, uh, had to remove the dice. Joking hazard. Then how do we play? I'll start, Madison. Right. Shooka, shooka, shooka. Roll. What did I get? What did I get? You rolled a three and a one, Victor. Grand start. Just grand. Your turn, Clavel. You're just going to sit there and arbitrarily tell us what you rolled with some non-existent dice. Don't worry. We're cutting to a flashback sequence. Flashback sequence? It's a storytelling device. You got a college degree. Keep up. Remember when we played at university? Remember, Clavel? <sighs> there! <laughs> Why must I have the luckiest man in the university as a roommate? It's not luck, my friend. It's faith. A conviction, Clairval, that no matter what the odds are against you, you can overcome them. You don't believe in the law of chance and averages? What are you, a math major? Madison, what are you doing here? Well, this is Victor's flashback, and since his brain is a bit jumbled at the moment, he conflated me into his past. And that's how you can recognize me and talk to me in your past. Well, I find this all a bit overwhelming. I've been doing this time travel for a while now. The best thing to do is treat it like a hot dog. Hot dog? Right. Don't think about how it got here. Just throw a little relish on it and dive in. It'll all work out in the end. Law of chance. Open your mind, Clairval. I believe in the law of myself and the power of the human brain. Well, you're high. No kidding. He's so thoroughly baked, he could win the showstopper challenge. No, he's high in the game, so it's still his turn. Take the dice, Victor. Look at them, Clairval. The dice. What do you suppose they're made from? Please don't say ivory. Please don't say ivory. Bone, perhaps. Once these were part of a living being. That sounds very serial killery. Strange, isn't it? What happens when a creature dies? Man, he's gotta be high. He's doing the whole, where do we go when we die, ramblings. Watch, in ten minutes, he'll want to order a pizza. Well, that's what we're here studying medicine for, Victor. To postpone death as long as possible. Unless the patient's insurance doesn't cover the procedure. I wonder if there's another way, Clairval. I've been reading some of the ancient medical authorities like Albertus Magnus. Ha! <laughs> Which doctors? Was that 1800s European colonial racism or 1900s European colonial racism? <laughs> They're so similar, I always get them confused. Oh, no, no, Clavel! They didn't have our knowledge and our instruments, but they were intelligent men. 
Combine their ideas with what we know today. What you know today? It's the early 1800s. You do bloodletting and prescribe cocaine. Imagine it. The result may be a new way to defeat death. Come, come, Victor. Are you going to play or not? Of course I'm going to play. Boy, this backgammon game is riveting. You ever thought of making a video and putting it up on YouTube? All of your subscribers would be from retirement homes. As soon as their grandkids showed them how to subscribe. Elizabeth, when did you get here? Now you're Elizabeth? The dude's mind clearly has data limitations. Did you drive up to Ingolstadt with your Aunt Caroline? Oh, sure. Aunt Carrie. Always travel with Aunt Carrie. She, uh, says hi. Elizabeth, darling, it's heavenly to see you again. Whoa-hokey, coming in for a kiss, huh? <laughs> <laughs> when love walks in the door, backgammon flies out the window. Where are you going? Don't leave. It's not my memory. Oh, my darling. How's everyone in Geneva? How's William? Uh, William? That little brother of mine is an absolute charmer. I hope I can be home for his 10th birthday. Oh, William! Right. <laughs> I called him Billy, so, you know, I, I was confused. I'll be graduated by then, but, Elizabeth, I won't be coming home after my graduation. Okay. Don't be upset with me, darling. Oh, I am so perturbed. We'll have to postpone our wedding a few months longer. Wedding? I didn't realize we were that involved. Does Aunt Carrie know? There's something I must do first. 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 There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like what home. What are you talking about? Sorry. Already did that episode. Clever. Do you know what I did that summer after my graduation? Crappy customer service job? I became a habitué of graveyards. Ah, graveyard shift. Victor, please, I don't want to know. You're my only friend. You must listen. What about Madison? Why can't you tell all of this to her? I'm just the help. I went up into the mountains alone. I had stumbled onto a combining of ancient and modern theories, which I believed and was certain could create a living creature. I had to build it with my own hands, a human form, and imbue life in it! You scientists were so preoccupied with whether you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. It had become an obsession with me. During those months, I Alrighty, Val, I'll sum it up for you. This part is basically the typical the Frankenstein's monster origin story. What is this origin story? How Marvel makes more money after it's already it exhausted a franchise? Okay, so, imagine a montage of Victor digging up graves for body parts, figuring out which ones he could use, zapping them with electricity and trying to make them twitch. That's barbaric. Oh, it gets better. So when he was attaching all the body parts, he wasn't just sticking a leg on and stitching it to the torso, right? Of course not. He'd have to meticulously attach the arteries, veins, muscle tendons. Exactly! But apparently he's not really good at sewing. Like, dudes, you need More to take home ec too. How did he resolve it? Well, I would have reanimated a full corpse instead of so sewing bits and pieces together. Arteries. But that's me. Victor figured the way around the tiny pieces was to go big or go home. He made the creature over eight 
feet During tall. Months, Good decision, right? I mean, what could possibly go wrong with that? What recklessness. Seriously. Then came before. the big moment. The work was almost done. The huge unclothed monster lay grotesquely on my work table. I had filled its gigantic frame with blood and planned on the following day to subject it to the electric shocks which would activate its nervous system and make it a living, breathing creature. I sank to my couch exhausted and fell into a deep sleep. This is where it gets pretty lame. I was expecting the big dramatic moment where Dr. Frankenstein yanks on the chains, pulling the lifeless body of the monster to the heavens, where it is struck by lightning and he exclaims, One by twenty-one gigawatts! How's that? Wrong mad scientist. I meant, it's alive! Uh-huh, but that's not what happened. When I awoke in daylight, I realized that a bolt of lightning during the night could have infused life into the monster even as I had planned it in my controlled experiment. I flung open the laboratory door and discovered the monster was gone! So the monster only came to life because of an accident? Yep. And Frankenstein slept right through it. That rather deflates his achievement of generating life. Little bit, yeah. For months, Clerval, I searched for the creature. There were a few vague rumors, unconfirmed reports of a hideous shadow roaming the upper mountain valleys, but nothing to go on. I gave up the search and returned to Geneva. Okay, we're going from a monologue about the past into a flashback scene. I'll leave a trail of breadcrumbs so we don't get lost. Elizabeth, darling, I'm sorry to have worried you. I'm all right, my dear, now that I'm with you. I'm Elizabeth again, huh? You're not angry with me, are you, my sweet? No worries. You aren't curious where I've been, low these many months? Out trying to track down the monster you so carelessly created with no thought to the repercussions? I shan't tell you. It's nothing you would understand. I think I just nailed it, but okay. Oh, darling, how soon can we be married? Married? I haven't heard from you in months, and you think you could just show up here and pick up where you left off? If you want to marry me, buddy, you're going to have to earn it. Elizabeth. How do you know I even waited for you all this time, huh? True, marrying you means marrying a doctor, so one for your plus column. But are we completely ignoring the plot line where your parents adopted me when you were five, so we basically grow up as brother and sister? That's sick, dude. Come in. Dr. Frankenstein. I am he. What do you wish, sir? I'm the prefect of police. You're the perfect police? Prefect. It means I am the head of the National Police of France. But you have a British accent. I thought we covered that already. Oh, you're still here, Val? For whatever reason, I continue to listen to this story. Please, may I state my business? I have some distressing news. Carry on. I don't wish to drag this out any longer than need be. Jeez, you're cranky. You hungry? Maybe we should order a pizza. Mind news? Well, what is it, sir? Your brother, William, has been killed. My my brother? He's technically my brother too, right? How did it happen? A- an accident? No, no accident. He was strangled to death. But he's only a child! Ten years old! So tell me, tell me exactly what happened. It was just growing dark, Doctor. The children were playing hide-and-seek together. Little William hid himself in a grove of bushes by the edge of the lake. There was a scream. 
But when they reached the child, the life had been choked out of him. See, it's that kind of stuff that created helicopter parents. When I was little and played hide-and-go-seek, my mom insisted on hiding with me. We were always found first because she gave us away with her Virginia Slims. Officer, may I borrow a gun from you? Certainly. The cop just gave you his gun? Whoa, talk about white privilege. I will be back, Elizabeth, after I find my brother's murderer. So, uh, you're the head of the French police? Yes. You think that was a good move on your part? You just gave a weapon to a vigilante. Madison, maybe that's not exactly how it happened. Maybe that's just how Victor is remembering it. No, I gave it to him. Alrighty, I better get to the next scene. Since Victor's blinded by grief and now armed, he might start shooting at every guy he finds over six feet tall. Stop. Stop. Who's that? Frankenstein. What, what, what's, what's there? Do you not remember? Get away! Don't touch me! Ah! Sorry, that was me. Elizabeth, what are you doing here? Whoa, dude, that's the creature? Didn't stop to find any pants, I see. Talk about attention to detail. Victor, does that thing work? I will not harm you, Dr. Frankenstein. BTW, how did you find him so fast? Before you said you'd searched for months and couldn't find him. Then, boom, there he is. Man, your flashbacks are convenient for advancing the plot. You murdered my brother! Wow, you just leapt to that conclusion, didn't you? What proof do you even have? Yes, I kill him. Oh, okay, well, there you go. It makes me feel good to kill <laughs> so, we're not going with the sad, brooding Robert De Niro monster who, you know, just wants a friend? I wish to God I'd never created you. But you did create me. Just double-checking. We're definitely dropping all character development for the creature and reducing him to a bloodthirsty, clearly well-endowed monster. Isn't this show only supposed to be 30 minutes long? Yeah, but doesn't that defeat the purpose of Mary Shelley's writing? The theme that people can't see past their differences and when a human is rejected from a sense of community, the isolation will drive them mad? I thought this was supposed to be a scary Halloween monster story. They're all surprised a woman wrote this, and then the dudes adapting it are like, layered character development? We want Hulk smash! <coughs> Sorry, monster. Go back to threatening Victor. I will kill. <laughs> no! What I created, I can also destroy! Stand back, monster! You've breathed your last breath! Die! Die! Why don't you die? Your little pistol cannot hurt me. Dear Lord in heaven, hear me, I beseech you. How can I destroy this thing before it destroys me? First he plays God by creating life. Now he begs God for help. The balls on this guy! And that guy. Have we scared you yet? <laughs> we'll be back in a moment with the second act of Frankenstein.
his Day of the Dead celebrations are two weeks long. He once used a Ouija board to correct its grammar. He once played chess with death. Death suggested they switch to checkers. If he ever mixes an old-fashioned for you, you'll be inspired to write a creepypasta about it. He is Edward October, the best horror narrator you've never heard of. Horror stories don't always have to be scary. The best ones invoke a mood of foreboding and existential dread. Fear is fleeting. I prefer to be haunted. For retro horror of impeccable taste, listen to October Pod AM bi-weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Or watch new videos from October Pod Home Video each month, only on YouTube. Find all of Edward October's links on the World Wide Web at OctoberPodVHS.com. Stay spooky, mes amis. Are you tired of this reality? Us too. How about once a week you take a break and visit a different reality? In Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex, we bring you a comedy podcast full of ghosts, werewolves, gentle vampires, and Frankenstein monstrosities made of 72 people stitched together. And somehow, that's not even the strange stuff. A proud member of the Pot Moth Network. Every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, was the wife of Percy Bysshe Shelley, the British poet. I sometimes wonder what kind of married life they had together. From what I've read, he cheated on her with her stepsister. Can you imagine Percy sitting at his work table one evening, writing, Hail to thee, blithe spirit, while Mary sat quietly at her desk, making monsters with her quill pen? And Percy looking up and saying, Darling, what rhymes with Ozymandias? And his wife replying, Don't interrupt me, dear. I'm in the middle of a graveyard. <laughs> Why not? While Percy was still married to someone else, he started secretly meeting Mary at her mother's gravesite, where they apparently fell in love. So I'm guessing graveyards are a turn-on. Well, now it's time we return to the black foothills of the Jura Mountains, where Dr. Victor Frankenstein is continuing his terrifying story to his friend Clerval. And me, I was there too. Women really don't count in your book, do they? Here is Act Two. Shooka, 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 roll. Seven. A seven! I rolled a seven, Clerval! Yes, so you did. Lucky number. Back to your tale, Victor. Did this monster, as you call it, have anything to do with what happened to Elizabeth? Wait, what happens to Elizabeth? I'll, I'll tell you, Clerval. I must tell someone. This frightful giant I'd built came to me in the darkness, always in the darkness, and begged me to build another creature like himself, but a woman! Good lord. Oh, crap. The thing was lonely. Nowhere from no one could it receive friendship or affection. What about you? You built him! You couldn't spare a few hours in your day to go for lunch or grab a coffee, something? It demanded that I build another monster, a mate. 
I refused and it threatened me. It swore a frightful oath. If you will not build me a companion, I will destroy everything you love. And I will be with you on your wedding day. What could I do? Elizabeth and I were engaged. Only a few weeks remained before we were to be married. I didn't realize we'd set a date. I thought, for the sake of her safety, that I... I must do what the monster asked. Why didn't you just invite him to the wedding? He could enjoy a nice buffet, dance with some of the bridesmaids, get drunk with Aunt Carrie. So I climbed up to my dismal mountain laboratory where I'd conducted the first experiment. I went into the workroom, and I set about the disgusting labor of creating another giant. A woman. Okay, everybody. Pray for another lightning storm. When the task was half done, while the ghoulish torso lay incomplete on my work table, I paused to wonder, would the fiend keep its promise? Would the monster cease from murder and destruction? Or would I be turning two demons loose upon the world? Two creatures which would breed children as hideous as themselves? Question answered, then. It is fully functional. In a few generations, these monsters, born of my hand, could extinguish civilization on this planet. Perhaps wipe out the entire human race! Dude, maybe you should have gone into something like botany. I have some houseplants you can try and resurrect. I couldn't do this thing. I gathered together the pieces of my half-made creature, and I flung them from the ledge of a high cliff into a nearby lake. You threw random body parts of a bunch of different dead women into a lake? Forget the monster. You're going to have forensic teams thinking they've got some crazy serial killer on the loose. But as I did these things, I, I knew I was being watched. Somewhere in that forest of pine tree shadows, somewhere among the moonless crags, I knew that two eyes were following my every movement. As I packed my few belongings for the trip back home to Geneva, back to my precious Elizabeth, back to the little wedding chapel where we were to be made husband and wife, one terrible memory kept echoing through my mind. I will be with you on your wedding day. Bring a... I'm sorry if I appear troubled, darling. I'm getting used to it. We are married. Do you realize that, dearest? Uh, no. Missed that scene. I hope all of our days together will be as happy as this one has been. Oh, so I had a good time at least? Uh, light a lamp, dear. Quickly. It's almost dark here. We must have light. You think I have a clue how to light an oil lamp? From the future, remember? Circle back to me when you guys get electricity. Uh, fine, then I will light it. Elizabeth, until the sun rises again, you must not leave my sight. There is great danger, darling. Well, you're gonna have to give me at least five minutes. Apparently I drank a lot of champagne at the reception, cause I gotta pee. I must not leave you alone, not for a single instant. Then maybe, instead of putting all of your energy into creating a murderous monster, you should have spent your time inventing indoor plumbing. Elizabeth, don't go, darling. Don't! Blood-curdling scream! Elizabeth! You knew there was a bloodthirsty monster out there who had made threats against you on your wedding day. Yep. You couldn't hold it? really Elizabeth. She had to die for the plot, so 
there you go. Of all the possibilities available, he chose to have her die. On the john, yes. I was improvising. My poor darling Elizabeth, what have I done to you? You must not blame yourself, Dr. Frankenstein. You had nothing to do with this ghastly murder. Your gun was useless, by the way. Then it shouldn't matter that I gave it to him. I am to blame. I created my wife's murderer. What do you mean, Doctor? He created the monster who killed William and then killed me. Uh, Elizabeth. Say, did you even try and find the murderer after William's death? Like, what have you been doing on the case? Anything? Of course. We found a locket belonging to William in the nanny's pocket and hanged her for the murder. Jeez! You hanged an innocent nanny while Victor's monster is still out there slaughtering people? Arrest me! Take me to prison where I belong! Hang on there, Victor. I think the cop here is as culpable as you are. I was going to let him off the hook here. Madison, stop rewriting Victor's memories. I'm just trying to give him some perspective as he's remembering it. I mean, come on! This is where the dude full-on loses it. Hear my confession. I have created a monster. Built it with my own hands. Imbued it with life. But this demon I created has no soul. It devotes itself to one fiendish purpose. To destroy all things that I love and which love me. Sir, send your policemen out in full force to scour the mountainside for this monster. It must be found! It must be found! (laughs) Doctor, you need rest. Rest and sleep will make you feel better. So this is how Victor came to be locked up in this villa? Yeah. And as you can see, the police didn't believe him. In my memory of the events, Elizabeth made considerably fewer snide comments with her neck snapped. I think you offended him. He totally dropped the ball on this thing. Monster's still out there. That's all I'm saying. You poor fools! You think I am mad? You! You are the mad ones! Rattling on about monsters, Frankenstein, I've had enough. Jeez, you're not a very tolerant friend. What's your bedside matter like as a doctor? Lady, stop your whining. You got cancer. Deal with it. Is this tale almost over? Yes. This next transition will bring the story up to modern day. You think you could stand it for five more pages? Do I have a choice? You're like meeting an internet troll in real life. My last throw of the dice, Clerval. I will lose. Even as I had faith in my young days that I would win, now I have faith that I have already lost. Roll the dice, Victor. Let's finish this game. It's a long walk back to the city, and I want to get home whilst there's still moonlight. Yeah, with all of these flashbacks, I've been in overtime for like three hours. Then get on with it. I should get paid extra just for dealing with you. <sighs> shooka, 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 roll. Wait. Is it possible? No, 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 it's not possible. I thought for a moment, Clerval, that the dice had moved in my hand. There are no dice! They're made from bone, these dice. They were once living tissue in a living creature. I've made dead things live again. Victor, this is insane. You should submit yourself to qualified medical care. These unfortunate deaths close to you have warped your brain. Your monster does not exist. Yes, it does! You were in the flashbacks with us! You saw it! And you! I cannot even fathom where to begin with you! You two lunatics deserve each other! Clever! Now get a grip on yourself, man. You never created such a creature. There is no such monster on the face of the Earth. You sure about that? Oh. Great God! You are a 
friend of Dr. Frankenstein? No, no! Clairval is no friend of mine! You lie! Oh yeah, Vic and Val go way back. College roommates, even. Are you trying to get me killed? What can I do? It's part of the plot. I kill all who are friends of Frankenstein. Get away from him! No, no, no! No! Get away! Stay back! Stay back! He is dead. Will you destroy everything in my life? Everything. That's what you get for messing with the laws of nature there, Vic. Oh, this lady knew why. Me? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just work here. You take care of Frankenstein? In a housekeeper-like capacity, yeah. Please, leave her be. I live in solitude. She's the only thing in my life I value. Then she dies. Ow! Way to surf me up on a freaking platter. You maybe lose it back, Emin. <coughs> hang on, hang on. Monster, you, uh, seen anyone? Huh? You got a girlfriend? No, Doctor, not build mate. How about we go out and grab a drink? Madison, what are you doing? I've already seen the goods, and thanks to you, they're quite impressive. It's lunacy! The dude just wants a girlfriend. Get him laid and he'll probably stop killing everybody. Come on, Monster Mash. Let's hit a pub. Am I dressed all right? You've got pants, so it's a start. This adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was featured on the show Favorite Story, an anthology series which ran from 1946 to 1949. The format was a celebrity, such as an actor, director, musician, or athlete, would pick their favorite story for the show to adapt. This episode was chosen by comedian Fred Allen. However, years later, many of those involved with the series said the producers would offer the celebrity a short list of stories to choose from, their own true favorites not actually considered. None of the celebrities appeared in the episodes they lent their names to, in order to save the production company money on their salaries. But the trade-off for using their names would be to include a promotion for any upcoming project. The show adapted many prestigious titles focusing on stories already in public domain, also to save money. The ads for the show bragged that the series stood head and shoulders above the finest programs on the air. Hey everybody, it's Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Have you signed up for my newsletter yet? Twice a month, get sneak peeks and not found anywhere else Madison stuff. To sign up, go to my website, madisonontheair.com. And don't forget to follow me on your favorite socials. I post daily to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Mastodon. My handle is at Madison on the Air. Okay, now, listen to these credits, you guys, because this cast was amazing. Take it away, announcer dude. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Jeremy Sage appeared as Victor Frankenstein. Other actors in the cast were Kareem Cronfley as Clerval, Gary Kokich as the monster, and James C. Taylor as the prefect of police. David Pinion was your host. That's the scary. See, that was scary. <laughs>